you are listening to the Weekly Keepley. We would be honored if you would join us on the House Counterculture Podcast. I think we're good. Our other program was giving us all this shit. We recorded so much content for you guys, and it was lost. So we're sorry. But (laughs) you're listening to another edition of the Weekly Geekly. I'm Lucian, the weirdo with a beardo himself, sitting here with my buddy Nick. And we're going to talk about Book of Boba Fett. Hopefully, there will be no technical issues this time. But uh, Nick, I want to know what you think about the start of the of the show what do you, how did how did it hit home for you or did it miss a mark what did you what did you think about it uh honestly i would say more than anything i, I don't want to put it this way but it did kind of miss a mark for me uh when i was watching it i was like it was just kind of like oh this is just kind of standard star wars content i think it gets yeah. better uh as the episodes go on but uh, when it first started, I was like, yeah, this is kind of what I was expecting out of a Book of Boba Fett series. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, but I'm, I'm glad to have it. I'm glad that they're uh, focusing more on the criminal underworld aspect of Star Wars, because that's not something we get to see a lot. That's part of why uh, Solo was such an interesting uh, thing to see, because we got to actually explore that a little more when it's always kind of just been a, a, a footnote in the aspect of Star Wars. But it's clearly such a large part of the universe it's nice to see that taking uh taking front and center stage as opposed to uh yeah it's kind of background role that it is kind of played up until this point yeah um i felt like it's never really had its day in live action till solo but even solo only went down one rabbit hole there are so many rabbit holes in the criminal underworld of star wars it's not just syndicates and it's not just one syndicate. Yeah, um, you, you've got the bounty hunters. You've got uh, you oh, got yeah. pirates. You have all this other the pikes. stuff. Yeah. And then there's two other. There's like three big syndicates: the pikes. There's pirates. There's like like um, the middlemen, kind of. I guess you would say the suppliers. Yeah. There's all these different people. Uh, spice runners. Mm-hmm. There's all these different jobs you can have in Star Wars, uh, which is actually kind of cool. They're making a. Um, MMORPG Star Wars game for like console. Oh. And you can pick a profession and just be it in the world. Huh. And I'm like, that's kind of my dream in Star Wars is to just not be like, I'm a Jedi or I'm a Sith. Like, I want to be a fucking bounty hunter. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I want to be a Trandoshan bounty hunter. And that's what I want to do. Uh, but I'm excited for that. I think there was some something released last year about them making it. I don't know how far they'd be into it, but. Or even who's making it. I don't even remember. If anyone listening knows, message. Uh, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I actually haven't heard about that. Uh, I don't know. There there's there always seems to be some kind of a Star Wars game or something that uh, gets developed. I know. I know. There, uh, I think it. I don't think it was Naughty Dog. But there was someone that was supposed to be developing some sort of Uncharted type game. And then EA ended up canceling it, which is disappointing. And then there was also a 1313 before uh, the Disney takeover, which everyone was super excited about. It was going to huh. be about Boba Fett, like in the lower levels of Coruscant, like finding his way in those early days. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. And, and people were super excited about yeah, that. Yeah, I think I remember hearing about this, actually. Yeah. wonder why they canceled that. Uh, I think it's because of the Disney takeover, but people were, yeah. that, that was one of the major things people were pissed off about with the Disney takeover is that they were like, yeah, we're canning this. And there was clearly a lot of work 
yeah and uh interest already put into it and it's, well it's it sucks because if you think about it like all the legends stuff got scrapped and legends was super rich with lore and for reasons they didn't just go because yeah and, and disney just kind of took all that out and went because <laughs> and it's like dude you can't just do that like things can't just yeah. be there because someone says they are and you know like there has to be a whole purpose for all this like lore and like ancient wisdom and stuff. You know what I mean? I'm I'm glad they did do it just because uh it means well for for one thing it means more Star Wars content. Yeah. Uh but 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 B it kind of means they can uh there's like certain aspects they can uh, kind of root out like the the lesser the less strong aspects of legends and they can kind of yeah. uh, they can kind of be like uh, okay, this is what worked in Legends, like stuff with Thrawn and stuff. I mean, stuff. you're right. They can always decide later that stuff is canon from Legends, and they don't have to make excuses for it. They can just be like, because it's a good part. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just but it's just weird. It's weird that Legends is getting picked through like now with a fine-tooth comb, Yeah, and they're bringing out stuff that we know we're going to like. And I'm like, I worry that they're just doing that to make something better and make you watch it. But at the same time, is that really so bad? Because like, yeah, yeah. like, we were talking about this before the show. The... Uh, black black chrysanthemum chrysanthemum right? I always get yep. his name wrong. Uh, the big huge black Wookiee that's like a gladiator slash bounty hunter is in this one, and he's in the very first episode. Oh no, he's in the second. Oh one. wait, second and third. Towards the end, I think. I'm uh, yeah, I think he's towards the end of the second one. Whenever yeah, the twins right. show up. Yeah, but uh, really big and intimidating. A really good Wookie looking Wookiee too. Oh yeah, no the the costume design uh for. Uh, that they that they busted out for the episode is insane. Like obviously they have that huge Disney budget. Yeah. Uh, but it was very uh very pleasing to see not only that uh transition from comic to live action, but to see mm -hmm. it done so well. Yeah, and it was really uh it wasn't just for looks. It was for fighting too, and it looked really really good with him. Um, the whole time, like it wasn't fake looking. You try to imagine them doing this in the in the 70s, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like I couldn't imagine them putting this product out at all and like even getting it right with the Wookiees like that. It looks so good. Yeah, it's a uh, it's amazing. Uh But I I really like uh I really like the transitional aspect of this show. Uh people a, a lot of people have uh I don't want to say complained, but have taken issue with uh the uh, the layered storytelling with how uh, it, it switches back and forth between him after the Sarlacc pit and him after Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, but I do like that. Uh, I think it's I, I think it's very cool to see how he became this person he is uh, from like badass bounty hunter who doesn't really give a shit and is kind of more interested in himself and and doing things for himself. Yeah. And then he kind of realizes oh, there's more out here than just me. Uh, and uh, he takes kind of a, a measure of personal responsibility for that. Like for the Tuscans, he's like, uh, these people took me in and they helped me and I kind of have to help them. Uh, and just, it was it was just very, it's, it's very refreshing that they didn't just, oh, he's a badass guy who does badass things. It was nice yeah. to, yeah, see something people were else really, that they try to develop. People were really worried about that um, in the beginning. They were like, are they really going to change him and make him less of a... Like, everyone's disrespecting him. Because remember, he takes Jabba's place uh, at the end of Mando 2. 
And so we were like, holy shit, he's going to be the new crime boss. You know what I mean? And you don't really think about all that entails. And when he takes over, there's some people that are like disrespecting him and like don't want to fucking give in to him and like kneel to him out of respect. Like the fuck we're going to spoil this whole show, by the way. Um, If you are not a fan of the Weekly Geekly yet, we do that for everything. So this is best to listen to maybe after you watch it. Mm. But uh, um, the the twins come in, which are like Jabba's cousins, and they're like threatening him. And that's how we see Black Kersantan and like he's their bodyguard right now. And it was a big-ass scene, man. I loved that they did that. It was a huge show of power. They're trying to be like, yo, you're not the fucking... I forget what they call him. The Domo? The do- Daimyo? Daimyo? D-A-I-M-Y-O. Yeah. I, I don't know how that's pronounced. Like samurai movies. Or something like that. But uh, Or like kung fu movies. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was really cool. You got to see people like pushing back against Boba. And one thing that surprised me throughout for the first three episodes is how he has immediately grown into power more in that three episodes. Yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> he, uh, I don't know. He just, uh, he, he, it's not that he just steps in and is immediately like, I'm, I'm the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. Everyone respects me now. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really interesting to see the, uh, struggle towards trying to uh either a reestablish a power base or b uh just establish a power base in general because he's kind of a he he literally just dug himself out of a hole right and now he has to kind of in in, in a way start from the bottom uh, and work his way back towards the top uh, rather than just automatically being respected and feared due to his status as one of the galaxy's uh, primo bounty hunters. Which is so crazy if you think about it. Um, because when he came out, he was that. Like, he was the most badass bounty hunter and, like, well-respected and well-feared. And, like, his mask was intimidated to be, like, scary and shit. Like, it yeah. was just... And the Mandalorian became something super fierce. But then we figured out he wasn't a Mandalorian. We're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like... Cool. It, they change it up a lot with the Fett family. So, like, to see him be so disrespected does kind of suck as a Boba Fett fan. And you're yeah. like, damn, dude, he should be, like, wrecking people. But then you're like, well, he wants to be respected and not feared. So he's, like, playing he's he's playing a longer game than everyone else. Everyone else is so instant gratification. You know yeah. what I mean? And he's like, no, no, no. I'll get what I want through, like, means of, like, in his case, power mm. and then earning respect. So, like... There was a whole side storyline where uh, the stapler dude from, uh, what's that movie? You took my stapler. Yeah, that yeah, dude oh, comes yeah. in and he's like, "Yo, I'm a water farmer. I got some thugs stealing my shit. Yo, and they're in their androids." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh shit!" But then he goes in and recruits them, and he's like, "All right, you can be like my fucking little battalion yeah. of badasses." Yeah, and I uh, pretty smart. Yeah, and I like a. Uh, uh, it's kind of like a, maybe not subtle, maybe not be the word for it, but like, it's kind of an, uh, I feel like his, uh, his, his reversion to kind of going back to ground zero is kind of like also kind of a reflection of how the galaxy has changed. Like, yeah, he, uh, like the entire time he was in that Sarlacc pit, Sarlacc pit, uh, the galaxy changed in two very major ways. Uh, a Jabba died and that com- completely threw off the underworld. Yeah. And there was all these power grabs and these power vacuums that suddenly presented themselves. And then B, the empire is, uh, more or less destroyed. Obviously there's like warlords and stuff still hanging around, but the fact that the emperor and like Darth Vader have died 
and he just kind of he he kind of he spends all that time in the sarlacc pit just to come out and be like oh the galaxy is a completely different place now from right. uh, from from me just being in there for like a few days or weeks or however long he yeah right in there. it's a whole new world literally yeah a whole new galaxy yeah it would be crazy to like have to go through that immediate change like that immediate power change because i was thinking that when he was uh so after a time towards the actually yeah towards the end of his time uh with the sand people the tuscans he uh which the whole balance with his origin with them and how he earned their respect and like became one of them essentially was really dope. I thought that was a really cool narrative to show how Boba is adjusting to the new world. Yeah, and it. it oh well, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, that's it. Oh, uh, I don't know. It was just nice to uh, see the sand people presented as something other than a quote unquote savages like how we saw them in episode two he's like oh i killed them i killed the men and the women and the children and like right padme just treats it like it's no big deal oh to be angry is to be human but now (laughs) it's like okay uh and then uh we we saw a hint of it in a mando season one where he's like doing the sign language with the gunslinger the gunslinger's like oh oh god uh tuscans and he's like no calm down and then he does the the asl stuff and uh yeah, I thought that was really creative. I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I really like... Uh, they gave them a real culture. Yeah. And, like, uh, you were saying before, they mixed in... Uh, yeah, Maori stuff. Uh, yeah. Don't, I'm not sure how much uh, Tamira Morrison had a say in the script, but it's pretty obvious that uh, he was able to inject some influences with his own culture into the way that the uh, Sand People culture worked, which I think is... Uh, well, not only is it uh, refreshing to see... Uh, this previously unexplored race in the galaxy, given such a a rich and storied history, yeah, uh, and, and and there were like there was a lot of that in Legends, but it was more uh, in the books and the comics, and now it's kind of being brought more to the forefront. Um, uh, but yeah, no, he uh, he he was he has a lot of there's a lot of Maori influence because uh, uh, Tamara Morrison obviously is Polynesian, uh, and it's very cool. That even though he probably wasn't a main writer on the show, he was probably able to like talk the producers and the actual script writers into being like, "Hey, I think it'd be cool if we did this mm-hmm. and this." Uh, and and, uh, and it's not just like a it's not just like a vanity thing either. It's just kind of oh like, no, it doesn't feel like it at yeah, least. Yeah, no, you know? for sure. It, it felt very wholesome and authentic when they were like dancing around the fire. You know what I mean? Doing that kind of stuff with yeah. the staffs and like. And, you and knew the there was some of the kind of influence. You knew it wasn't just like made up, and it was cool that to learn that it was his heritage. Yeah, it's cool when actors can put that into their roles. There's a lot of actors that do it, and I, you know, I don't think I really think it's a phony thing to do at all. Like I no, feel like no. some people would be like, "Well, sometimes it's not authentic." I'd be like, "No, I think it's always authentic if it's their heritage." Exactly. Like, it's if like that's how it's going. You know, like I don't no. come yeah. from any cool heritage like that. That's got any cool traditions. Yeah, some people just like to. Some people just like to tear down uh, aspects of other culture. They're like, oh, you're forcing this on us. You're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nah, uh, no, you're just, just celebrating uncomfortable with, yeah. uh, with with being presented a different aspect of life that you have not come into contact to. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Especially in media. You know, there's so many people that get mad about that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. You're not being represented all the yeah, time. Like, like, like people were so mad. Like, uh, I don't know. There, there's all this claim about. Star Wars, like, uh, Disney went SJW and woke, and there might be certain truths to that, but I think it's kind of unfair when, like, I don't know, I, I don't recall 
a part in episode seven, eight, or nine where uh, Ray, Ray turns to the screen and starts saying stuff like, uh, the force is female. Um, just, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a, it's just such a ridiculous myth that they've gone SJW and woke. It's like, just because they have, they just have standards now. Yeah. They yeah. just, they just, they just want to, they're just, uh, and of course, uh, there's always a money aspect to it. Uh, right. Dis- Disney's probably just putting, uh, females and minorities at the forefront, uh, because of there, there's definitely a money aspect to that. But, in my opinion, it makes the galaxy feel more varied and open yeah, as totally. opposed to uh, like episode four where we just kind of see even in the rebellion, it's just kind of like a lot of white males. Yeah, it's like, just a uh, bunch of white dudes everywhere. Yeah, that was most of what the first couple movies felt like. Well, OK, Empire didn't. You yeah, know, you we, saw like there was like we got Lando, the right. the, the denizens of uh, Cloud City. But I mean, other than that, like, but, there was, but like, even yeah, and know. even those, uh, we don't see a lot of alien species, and that's one thing I really would like to see Star Wars do is a uh, focus on a, an alien main character, like an actual oh, yeah, alien. That'd be cool. I think they should do Bosk. Oh yeah, no, he would be a he. He has a very uh, cool. He has a very cool story in, yeah. uh, uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back, uh, which is, uh, well, like for the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, they did like, okay, uh, we're retelling Star Wars from the point of view of 40 different side characters, yeah. which I thought was dope. It's it's an amazing story. Uh, you you uh, Anyone listening to this should definitely check it out if you're a huge Star Wars fan. I think there's an audiobook version, too. There is. Yeah. Uh, I... Uh, I actually listened. Uh, well, I read the the Star Wars one uh, physically, and then uh, when the Empire Strikes Back one came out, I had transitioned into audiobook. I, I read the Legends books because for some reason they abridge yeah. the Legends books on audio, which I really don't like because because uh, obviously well, you, you, want the, from you want the full story. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's like this this story's supposed to be like fifteen hours long, and you're giving me a three hour cut of it. Something's something's not adding up here. Yeah, but um. Uh, but yeah, I know the audiobooks are really good. Uh, and, and yeah, the empire strikes back when I listen to, but there's a really good story in there with Bosk. uh, his spoiler alert for, uh, from a certain point of view, empire strikes back, but he has a sister, an egg mate who he thought, uh, was dead. Cause, uh, mm. apparently a he part ate of Trandoshan. all of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but she survived and oh, she was shit. kind of actually like mutilated from, cause, cause he like partially ate her. Oh wow. So that's but, brutal. But she, uh, ends up becoming like a Wookiee liberator. Oh, wow. And I thought that was really super cool to, yeah. to not only, uh, to not only focus in on the aspect of, uh, for some people who don't know, uh, Trandoshans and Wookiees, uh, Trandoshan being Bosque species and Wookiees being obviously, yeah. uh, Chewbacca, uh, they, uh, in the, in the lore of Star Wars, they have kind of a they have a huge rivalry because uh, the Wookiees are kind of like this honorable and noble species, and the Trandoshans are very obsessed with a. Uh, they have this goddess called the Scorekeeper, uh, who is um, it's like oh, all your kills and all your victories is mm-hmm. tallied up by the Scorekeeper, so yeah. they believe in. So they're they're very they're very vain and competitive in, and competitive yeah. in that regard. And they uh and, and the Wookiees kind of have this history of being enslaved, and the Trandoshans are slave drivers. So uh, yeah. you know, you can Andy, see where this is going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, 
I hope I hope Bosk uh, shows up in Book of Boba Fett. Honestly, uh, even if I it's think not, it'd be cool. even if it's not uh, this season, if they do a season two, I'd really like it if they showed not only him but like Dengar, IG eighty eight. Uh, all kind of pop in. Um, yeah, They're like, the... hey man, we heard you're not a bounty hunter anymore. Can we work for you or something? Yeah, what's, uh, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, and uh, apparently it was Dengar in uh, mm. Legends who uh, saved Boba Fett yeah, from I heard that too. Pit, uh the second time. He, he actually, yeah, he falls in twice because there's a... Uh, I, I think this part was cut out of the audio, but I was talking earlier about how he actually falls... In Legends, he falls back into the Sarlacc pit after escaping... Uh, in this Marvel pit, uh, Marvel comic called Jawas of Doom, which is really fucking terrible. It's, <laughs> it's just, but all, all the Marvel comics of that era are kind of awful. Honestly, yeah. honestly, uh, the comics didn't really start being good in my opinion until uh, Dark Horse got a hand on them. Dark Horse is so good. Yeah, they, I love uh, everything they do. Uh, they, they, they did. Uh, Disney has, uh, well, Marvel more, I, I guess, has uh, done a really great job with the comics so far. Yeah. But I don't think they have ever just yet quite risen to the heights of uh, what Dark Horse has done. But also Dark Horse had a lot more freedom because mm-hmm. uh, they were kind of like, uh, they were really only limited by the prequels because they weren't sure what George Lucas was going to do. But like between uh, like 2005 when Revenge of the Sith came out and uh, 2012 or 14. Uh, the Disney takeover was 2012, but I think they were doing comics up through 2014, which is when the actual overhaul happened. But they did so much in not only that time period, mm. but like, well, like the Clone Wars multimedia project was so good. And yeah. then they did uh, this one series called Legacy, uh, which takes huh. place like a hundred years or so after uh, like episode six. Oh, and crazy. It, and it deals with like. A descendant of Luke Skywalker, but he's like he's like such a douchebag. <laughs> you just don't want to like yeah. him at all. What's his name? Uh, Cade Skywalker. That sounds like a douchebag. Man. Oh, he is such a Cade, such Skywalker. A, Cade Skywalker. Yeah, you know who my great great grandpa was? Like, <laughs> he don't talk saved to saved the galaxy, right? Like, oh my god, and that would be such a good story, though. Oh, it's so good. It's I like I want to know what happens to the douche Cade. Uh, it's just like there, there's like other parts of it, but it's like a. Uh, and, and I feel like people say this a lot uh, about certain things like uh, it's Star Wars, but with a twist like yeah. and that sounds cliche, but it's really good. Huh. It's like it's just really interesting because it's like it's like, oh, here's our Luke Skywalker hero, but he's really a terrible person. Yeah. And you don't want to root for him. Yeah. He, he's like a mixture of Han Solo and uh, Luke. And then there's like a princess. It's, it's like pretty much you have all the elements of the original Star Wars. Yeah. But just recontextualized, but in the same universe. But it's just so, so good. Like uh, the main villain of that comic series. Sorry, this is such a tangent. No, you're cool. Uh, but um, uh, his name is Darth Crate. Okay. Uh, he uh, actually kind of has he, he he started as a jedi uh between between episode one and two i believe mm-hmm. his father uh sherrod het was a tuscan raider uh but he was originally a jedi and then they thought he died and they're like oh and then they were like talking to kiati mundi kiati mundi's a huge fucking douche by the way <laughs> uh uh he uh they're like go rest go see what this sherrod het guy is all about then like pulls him back into the jedi order but he also has a son that he's been training this entire time who is Ah Sherrod Het, like his father Sherrod Het, and he okay. has that he's just he's like, oh ah, like it's probably some Tuscan thing, like Ah Sherrod Ah means son of yeah. Sherrod Het. Uh, and then he becomes a Jedi. Uh and then uh I was just recently reading the uh 
the Clone Wars, uh, like I was saying, the Clone Wars multimedia project. Uh, and there's a comic in there that deals with him having to deal with Anakin Skywalker, who Ooh. obviously hates Tuskens. That's really cool. Oh, it's really cool. And then he, uh, and again, spoiler alert, but he, uh, he finds out about Anakin slaughtering the Tuskens. <gasps> Did they get in a fight? Oh, they, they, ha- he is has like, like a, a Malfoy have- Harry Potter situation, but Anakin's Malfoy. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of is, but it's, uh, I like that. Uh, but like uh he but uh at the end they kind of uh they're they're separated from the other jedi on like this desert planet <gasps> uh which is cool cuz they're kind of like having these connections like oh we're both sons of tatooine yeah uh, oh, we know shit. how to live in the desert and he's like okay you were like i get that you were a slave and everything but i'm a tuscan i know how to read the sands yeah, like, and all this other stuff and anakin thinks he's hot shit and knows all this stuff but right. it's like no uh, like look over there, like there, there are animals gathering near that cave. They usually gather around cool up or, or around that area. There's usually like cool up drafts, like how yeah. Banthas would do. So there's probably a cave over there, like shelter. Cause there's a sandstorm coming in. Yeah. And then, yeah, he does find out about Anakin slaughter and then they reunite with the Jedi, with the other Jedi fighting the war. Uh, I think again, it's Kiati Mundi and this, uh, one character called Boltar Swan who you see, uh, in episode two, obviously she's not named. Yeah. Literally, pre- a lot of them. Were a like lot that. of the Jedi. Yeah. In that, uh, well, in a that lot of everything. That's how Boba started. That's how Bosk started. They just needed something that looked different on screen. They didn't yeah. have George Lucas did not like make everything all at once. Yeah. He made it when it became good and profitable to make it. He's like, okay, that one's playing. Yeah. Everyone likes that one right there. We're gonna make him a side yeah. story. You know what I mean? Uh. Oh, but no, sorry. Uh, just to just to cap this. Oh off, no, you're cool. Um, he uh uh he uh yeah, they reunite with a Jedi, and Anakin's like, you didn't tell them, you didn't tell them I slaughtered that. He's like, that's your burden to bear, man. I'm not going to relieve you of it. Ooh, uh, saucy. And then and then the comic ends. He's like, you just need to ask yourself the question. Uh, if you could do it, would you do it again? And then he walks away, and Anakin's like. Yes. Oh, it's like oh shit. Okay. Shit. Now we see the true dark yeah, the, side. Yeah, the, re- the real Darth Do Vader it. coming out of him. Do it. Do uh, it, Lord Vader. <laughs> um. Oh, a uh, fun fact about um. Well, well, two fun facts about the uh the, the bounty hunters in uh, episode five. Uh, IG 88s head mm. uh, actually makes an appearance in episode four as part of the bar. In a Mos oh, Eisley Cantina, yeah, it's just like they they just like took all these random components and were like, okay, this is the bar, yeah, and then they took that out and were like, uh, this is a bounty hunter head, <laughs> uh, this is the head of a bounty hunter robot, and a uh, a Bosk suit like the yellow the yellow jump shoot suit he wears yeah. was actually used in an episode of uh like an old episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they yeah. just grabbed it and were like, ah. Put it on the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it looks uh, good. That's what's uh, that's what's so great about the original Star Wars. I think is just kind of a they they took like a bunch of mishmash of stuff yeah. and and like and it just worked somehow. It, it like, all just looked good. Yeah, yeah. And, for some reason, and yeah. Star Wars itself is just like such a miracle. Like it literally shouldn't have even been as successful as it was. Apparently, the first cut of the movie was like an unwatchable mess. But then uh, George Lucas's then wife, they're now divorced, yeah. but uh, Marsha Lucas. She uh, saved it in the editing room. She's mm. literally the person credited with, quote unquote, saving Star Wars and therefore making wow. it this huge cultural phenomenon that it was supposed to be. Otherwise, it probably would have just been this uh, random movie that everyone would have forgotten about after it came out. But like, yeah. just just because of her, not not because of her editing, just because of her editing skills. Yeah. Obviously, there was like a lot of stuff that had to come together. 
and there was just so many production issues with that. I don't know. Star Wars is just kind of a this this really interesting miracle. Yeah. Like when you when you learn about all the stuff that went into it and how literally everything was operating against it. But uh I mean they like it, it was like the avatar of its time where someone pretty much created the technology that's being used to make the movie. Like ILM was literally starting to function when Jar Jar Binks was born. Like it, they were writing the code along with filming the fucking movies. Like, yeah, it's crazy to think about how Star Wars has pushed the innovation of all of these things. And I feel like now they've earned the right to just kind of like do these series and give us things we want to see and yeah. kind of test out properties again because uh, the fact that they're bringing back characters and we're both like, holy shit, means that they're onto something good. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like the way you describe Star Wars is almost the way I would describe the book of Boba Fett. You know what I mean? It just kind of works. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not really... Your expectation's low. You're like, okay, what are they going to do to the character? And then when they start bringing in the sand people uh, and how he, t- like, helps them go up against the pikes and take down their, like, super fast speeder train. Yeah. Uh, that and, was really cool because you got to see more of the Pikes first off, but then you also got to see more and more of his culture work into the Tuscan culture, and yeah. eventually he becomes one of them. And I love that whole scene. That was that was really well done. And that kind of as as they tell that story and it comes to its close, um, he eventually comes back and the pike he makes a deal with the pikes only to come back and find out he already killed all the tuscans yeah that was that was heartbreaking which was yeah really and he played it so well yeah. but as that happens you kind of understand why he's like okay uh obviously need to find something else you yeah know what i mean th- this whole ruling with fear thing just uh like like violence just begets violence yeah. uh this is clearly the way jabba was running things uh, right. so- i need to do something different like it's it's very I hadn't even thought about that yet. Yeah, how, yeah. how like how uh, you'd think he would turn really rageful, right? And be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go slaughter the pikes," but he's like, "Yeah, maybe this violence thing isn't actually working out, and maybe to uh, prevent future violence, I have to be the one who takes the step." Well, he, to every, not react in anger, which is yeah. which is a very Star Wars message. Also oh yeah, to begin he's with. almost more in line with the Force. One would say, "Yeah, yeah, he's but, uh, a, it's, it's very." Very Jedi, yes. He, yeah, it's, which is c- kind of cool to see him have more morals now, and not just be this like cutthroat, ruthless bounty hunter that just takes a paycheck. Yeah. But, uh, just, I, as we see this grow, um, we see it in different ways, and I think we start noticing. You know, after that happens, obviously he meets Mando, and all that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every single thing he does is different than Jabba. From the very beginning, first episode where people are paying tribute, and the mayor asked for tribute, and Bib t- Fortuna we later discovered paid that tribute to like keep away people from Tatooine and uh, he refuses to do it and everyone's just shocked and everything he does is so different there's an assassination attempt on his life there's two in these three episodes and he just doesn't uh, he doesn't do what Jabba does which would just be dropping people down on the ranker pit I mean he does that do that in episode three as a fear tactic it's a ruse yeah yeah yeah, that was really cool and we get to see a lot of the older parts of Star Wars in this. Like you were saying, even with having like IG-88's head as a bar piece, like yeah. there's plenty of old callbacks to original Star Wars. And even they did like a parkour run where some, okay, someone tries to assassinate Boba yeah. and, and, uh, and then the parkour Fennec yeah. like chases after two of them. And it's like this really cool Tatooine parkour run through this architecture and it just looked really solid it was yeah. i liked it this one this it's not trying to be anything crazy i think yet 
it's establishing what he has a base as challenges and tribulations. But I know there's going to be bigger shit to come. Yeah. And we can't just think that this whole season is going to be about, about him adjusting. Someone's either going to take his throne by the end of this season mm. or he's going to make some huge enemy. Like something's got to happen to him to throw him off balance once he finds that balance. Yeah. Uh, but he's doing a really good job of as that pass winds down, he has more of a balance. And one thing I thought was really cool was seeing the Bathra tanks or Bathra tanks or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah Bacta. Bacta. Yeah. Uh, seeing him kind of have vision dreams and like flashbacks and that was really really fun and in the third episode they took advantage of that with a huge fucking jump scare yeah yeah with a uh, chrysanthemum just pulling him out and yeah. then, like tossing him around and uh <laughs> i thought that i i like uh the the speeder chase in that episode was kind of weird comedic and weird just yeah because, just because they were going so slow right they were going like, like they're like they were maybe like, going like 10 to 15 <laughs> miles an hour and you're like dude this is this is this is really what chill is going on i was like why didn't they make this faster and then i was like well they're not trying to kill the guy yeah you know i mean i get it but at the same time like i would have just sped up really fast in front of him and yeah. stopped and then pointed a, a blaster at him and be like Stop. end it really quickly <laughs> yeah. like, i will shoot you i'm gonna kill you right yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was really, really awkward to watch. They chased after the mayor's uh, assistant, who's just, like, this total cowardly douche the whole time. Yeah. All of the mayor's workers look so uh, douchey. They're all just like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) He's like, like, the the mayor's busy right now. And then Boba's just like, I'm going into his office. (laughs) He's like, no, no, you can't go back there. He's like, no, I'm going back there. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Yeah, they finally catch up to him, and he's like, hey, he's off planet working with the Pikes. And so now you're like, oh shit, the Pikes are coming to town, and they apparently want to like buy and like take over all of Tatooine, and the mayor's trying to help them. And you're like, well, fuck, how are they going to do that with Boba? And how many other crime bosses are in the area? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we got to think about that. Uh, when 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 the mayor got when the mayor's assistant got caught, I don't think he outright said it was the Pikes who were going to be. And I thought because no, he, he said cause a, he a, just he just indicated that there was going to be a bigger threat, and I was like. Oh shit! Is it gonna be Crimson Dawn? Wait, no, the mayor's assistant. Yeah, I don't. No, he straight up said it when he was covered in apples. He was like, "He's with the Pikes. He's working with the Pikes." Oh, the person who didn't say it was Jabba's twin cousins. They just said a syndicate is coming. You should oh, better. Oh, okay, He's, they're yeah, like, we're that's gonna withdraw power. We're not trying to challenge you. We're actually gonna gift you this baby rancor and a machete, um, and <laughs> you can take these and whatever. And we're gonna leave. And then he's like, "I'm not leaving. I I'm owed this land and all this shit." They're like, "Okay, dude, whatever. We don't want to die. We're going back to Huda." Yeah, like, no, it was the twins when they yeah. they they didn't say the Pikes directly, but they indicated there was a bigger threat. And I thought I thought it was gonna be Crimson Dawn. Yeah, uh, from the end of Solo, I was like, "That oh, would have been cool." Uh, uh, apparently, uh, they've come back in the comics. They had like oh, yeah. a, a War of the Bounty Hunters arc, and then like Kira re shows up in that. Obviously, Han Solo is not around to like There's, say anything about her. I'll let you borrow the sons of, or I think it's brothers of Dathomir. I have it's a dark oh, son, son of Dathomir. I yeah. already, I, I already oh, have, I already nice. have two copies of that actually because yeah. uh, I bought the trade paperback. Uh, well, actually, I don't have the second copy, but they're releasing a, a Legends Epic Collection with Clone Wars. Oh, uh, it's going to be the final one, and apparently that one's included. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I already have this. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's like, whatever. It's 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 and it's interesting because that comic is actually in a weird headspace. I don't think that's the word for it, but it's just in a weird space where it's mm. both canon and legends. It's kind of a little bit of both. Yeah, that's like, uh, and that's how that's how kind of the Clone Wars cartoon itself functioned. Uh, huh. It was very yeah. 
uh, before the Disney takeover, it, it kind of actually overwrote a lot of aspects of Legends and that, that's why I didn't like it initially. I still don't like the Clone Wars cartoon that much, honestly. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan. I'm more of a Rebels guy, which a okay. lot of people think is probably a stupid opinion, but I don't but I don't really well, care about the, the fans of I don't really care about the fans of Star Wars' opinions because they have stupid opinions most of the time. <laughs> uh, but um uh well that's why I didn't like the Clone War uh I didn't like the Clone Wars. Uh I've watched it through it th- twice. But uh, those final four episodes, the Siege of Mandalore with Ahsoka and Darth Maul, mm-hmm. that is some of the best Star Wars storytelling we have ever seen oh, on yeah. screen. Oh, yeah, the final episodes were great. Yeah, though, like, it really... I, I wouldn't say it changed my mind on the series as a whole. I still mm-hmm. really don't like the series, but that those last four episodes, I was, like, worth it. Hell yeah. The, the These, uh, like, I would probably rate the rest of the series, like, a five or a six out of ten. But, Ooh, that's a little strict. Oh yeah, I no. would probably say a seven because I mean, again, it showed a lot of things I've always wanted to see more about Dothamir, uh, the Night Sisters, all of the kind of spellcraft yeah. that there is in Star Wars and the syndicates and the underground. Like, there's so much rich lore in Clone Wars. I gotta like give it a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But there are so many episodes in Clone Wars that I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, it was. You know it was I mean? like it was like really. Well, I think part of the problem for me was it was really rough to start off. Like the animation yeah. and the voice acting was just a little too childish. Awful. Yeah. But like it. But like uh, it's it's kind of like the prequels. Like it's kind of it was like the prequels were kind of like a tech demo for ILM. Yeah. And pushing the boundaries of where this technology could go. Right. And obviously it's going to be really shaky and really bad. And that's kind of what it, that that kind of translates into. They're trying to push the bounds of like 3D animation for television. Yeah. Uh, in Clone Wars, which uh, which I have to give it respect for because I'm a huge I'm a huge animation fan, and uh, and I mean that's just kind of what Star Wars has always been is just kind of pushing the bounds of whatever technology is available. So I, I really I really respect the show in that aspect, but the rest of it is just clunky and doesn't <laughs> connect for me for some reason. No, I feel that. I think uh, there's a lot of Star Wars that does that for me. Um, I've always been Empire, and mm-hmm. I actually Last Jedi. I really yeah, I, like I that really one. I really like Last Jedi, and in probably spite of the fan reaction, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Those are like my three. Yeah, those are those are those three are each the standout of their own trilogy. Yeah, in which, my which makes Star Wars great. It's not supposed to just fold. It's supposed to stand out, and Boba. Is starting to stand out for me. Like yeah. the fact that he's taking a different route than Jabba. He's making enemies. He's making friends. It's had some really great fight scenes. Uh, the Black Chrysanthemum one, where he interrupts the the Bacta tank, it was really well choreographed, and you got to see his crew come in and defend him. Because yeah. it's just Boba Fett, man. He's healing in his tank, and he attacks him naked. You yeah. know, it's like he's trying to get his fucking gauntlets on and shit. It's a whole thing. He's facing a Wookiee that's got, like, electric knuckle dusters. Yeah, like, oh, that, that was cool. I was like, holy shit, how's he not completely broken right now? <laughs> and they they trap him down to, like, the, the main palace, and uh, they're, like, surrounding him and hitting him and fighting him. It's actually pretty cool. He gets stabbed, like, three or four times at yeah. least and still standing. He's a tough motherfucker. And then uh, Fennec, Fenric or 
Fennec. Fennec yeah. comes out and like goes, look out, and then just presses the button and he falls down into the Rancor pit. And I was just like, oh my god, that's genius. Yeah, I kind of saw that coming or the way they lined him up, but they didn't think about it. She did. It was fun. I I that that honestly took me off guard. I wasn't even thinking about it. Like yeah. I was just kind of I was like really invested in the fight scene. And then he falls into the Rancor pit. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, you're Oops. like, wait a minute. <laughs> it did that a lot to me. The whole show did that a lot to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> like I forgot about this. This would be going on. You yeah. know what I mean? It was very informative to the time of like what happens after the second Death Star blows up and I think this is probably my favorite time in history for Star Wars to be honest with you like the way they portray everything in this samurai meets cowboy meets you yeah, know Native uh-huh. American kind of thing that, like, that's what was my favorite aspect of uh, the Mandalorian season 2 the Ahsoka Tano episode yeah uh, there was like the you had uh, you had like the very western esque standoff between yeah. uh, Mando and that one that one other guy uh, and Michael you, Bean yeah and yeah. then uh, and then you had the the samurai sword fight going on the other side of the wall I thought that was a very a very cool juxtaposition and yeah. very uh, very faithful uh, homage to uh, what Star Wars is all about it's uh, it's about like a well, maybe maybe the Western aspect isn't something, but like obviously the Mandalorian is trying to bring in this more Western aspect, and that's well, what it's the, like. And, and it, then the but but calling back to the roots of Star Wars with the right. samurai stuff. It's always kind of been Western, like even like the names, the gunslinger, like things like that. But it had this like uh, what is it, Yojimbo? I think is like a samurai movie genre. It, it kind of. Kojimbo or Yojimbo? I forget which one it is. No idea. But uh, it's one of those, and it's like that style of like filming too. Like they even frame for frame, like yeah, make homages. It's, there's so many homages in these things. I, I would love to go back and pick through this show after it's done and be able to like redigest yeah. it. But uh, Boba had a lot of straight up references. Like there's even a part where in that chase scene we were talking about, they're like on a speeder and there's this giant like portrait being like broken yeah. and you look at the portrait and it's like the old scene of Jabba and like how Boba used to work yeah. for him which is like a huge disrespect to Boba <laughs> and then it like gets destroyed and you're like yeah fuck yeah Boba's rising like it's uh, kind of metaphorical oh yeah I didn't think about that but apparently uh, uh apparently that was actually a piece of a Ralph McQuarrie concept art oh damn uh that they like repurposed and touched up uh oh, cool. in, in the original drawing I think Luke is standing there like it's obviously like a it's a drawing of of his encounter with him in Return of the yeah. Jedi, but they but they edit him out for that photo, huh. obviously, because you don't want to, because if it's supposed to be honoring the guy, you don't want to have the guy have who, Jedi who, 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 who's responsible for partially partially responsible for killing him in the photo. But uh, right, uh, and I I really like that too. Uh, well, that's what I part of like about uh, Rebels is they do a lot of repurposing mm-hmm. of a uh, Ralph McQuarrie concept art, and uh, I really want to get the art books for his concept arts because that dude was a visionary hmm. he is pretty much responsible for why star wars even looks the way it does yeah. i think i think i think george lucas I, I think that can be said about a lot of aspects of star wars george lucas bought it all together and uh put it on display but he was kind of more the idea man yeah but he had all these uh people coming in from the outside and just putting in their visions and stuff and ralph mcquarrie is oh just his art and his concepts are just so stunning and just beautiful and and again like i said he's pretty much the reason star wars looks the way it does i love the aesthetic star wars has always stuck to and like we're saying with these ones samurai and cowboy i feel like everything that is 
God, I'm just like talking up I, this show. But everything that I like about Star Wars is just getting portrayed right now in Boba. Yeah, and I, I think it's a really good... Uh, well, like how I said uh, in the Ahsoka episode, uh, yeah. you, you have the dichotomy of the Western and the Samurai. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, on one side of the door is this Western standoff, and the, on the other side is a Samurai door. But I think this series is a very good... Uh, blend yeah. of the two like you see them kind of coming together yeah but like not in a in a way that's like uh fortuitous or like forced mm-hmm. it, it it feels very organic yeah it doesn't and just kind of like something that does it it's it, it's not so distracting that like you come that, that like you're watching you're like oh i see what they're doing here it's kind of like you think about it after you've seen it like oh yeah it's okay. a little deeper than i think people would probably give it credit for at its face yeah. value and that's something I like about this is they're really sowing the seeds right now in these first three episodes. Yeah. Because now we know at the end of this third episode, we know that the Pikes are coming to town. They want all of Tatooine. The mayor's working against Boba. Everyone's disrespecting his power. Although he does have like a little entourage now and some guards mm-hmm. and an assassin, essentially. Like We don't know a lot more about what his capability is against the Pikes. So it'll be cool to see how he either, I would say like, hires more muscle with him yeah or like outsmarts the pikes because he's gonna have to do something big to get them out of tatooine they want the whole fucking oh, yeah. planet dude not just like mos espa and uh i'm really excited i'm really excited for where these uh i think it's six episodes do you know how, how many they're doing i, have I think no they're idea. Doing how many six. did they do of mando like they eight? did eight they're probably doing eight of boba i couldn't but, see uh, them making it shorter yeah but I, unless it's truly meant to be a one-off series and not going to be having a season mm-hmm. two but i think it already got approved for season two yeah i'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right so people would be pretty pissed if they only got six uh but i am i am actually really excited i did not expect to be this ex- i i was not expecting anything well it's like a it's kind of like how i felt going into solo yeah that was i that was the least except until rise of skywalker that Mm. when i walked in that was the least i was ever expecting (laughs) out of the star wars movie yeah and then i saw that movie and i was like oh my god that was like actually in a lot of ways the best star wars movie that disney released like in some ways obviously uh uh, like like Rogue One and Last Jedi are more like technically impressive, like, yeah. Like from the visuals and stuff you see, but uh, I really, but like they really, but Solo really managed to grab me with the characters and the plot, and that that's kind of what Book of Boba Fett's doing for me now. I yeah. Was, I was, I was honestly expecting zero out of the series, maybe not zero, but I was just kind of like, okay, more of the same, just kind of what we're expecting with Star Wars. But it's really, it's really impressed me so far, and I'm, I'm really, uh. I'm really happy about that. Very, it was a very, uh, it's been a very pleasant surprise so far. And we still have maybe five more episodes, maybe. Yeah. So still at least only halfway through the series. So right. it's very, at, at, at least if not that, yeah, like you said, there there could be five more episodes, which I would I would definitely be for. I think it's structured in a way where it kind of should because things are happening, but there's so much flashback, there's so much different interpretation of what's going on and and why they're talking about the past that I don't. Now they're pretty much all caught up to his past. There's really not else, much else you could tell until he meets Mando, right? Oh, one thing I was hoping for, hmm. actually, uh, is showing maybe some flashbacks with him training under Django. That would uh, be cool. Well, I mean, and, I'm sure there's still going to be those because he's still... They left that open with him, like, 
as a child dreaming, yeah. you know, and like all that stuff. Oh, so it kind of—I think they're going to have a lot more of that. And, and uh, the first episode, when you see the flashback to uh, Attack the Clones, yeah, when he's like holding his father's head, uh, I thought they just uh, took the footage from episode two, but no. apparently they reshot that scene. Yeah, that like, was spare footage they had. That was one of the other takes. Yeah, and when he, uh, when he, uh, when he was, because I knew when he, when they showed the close-up of the Django helmet, I was like, oh, that was not in episode two. Yeah. But I thought that was just kind of like a thing they put in there. Like digitally? Yeah, no, like digitally. No. But they I had was... other takes of him doing that and they just used different takes and like cut it together. Yeah. I was like, that's actually a really good idea. Just save everything you didn't use. Then you can yeah. alter it later. Yeah, like no, they're, that, they're they're the kings of doing that. They had the re-releases in the '90s with all the new stuff added, and, and uh, the repurposing of the footage for yeah. Leia in yep. Episode Nine after uh, Carrie Fisher unfortunately passed away. Yeah, uh, which which that's that's a bummer on its own because they uh well because they were set, well they were claiming like uh oh uh seven was Han's movie, eight was Luke's movie, mm-hmm. and nine was kind of gonna be Carrie's, and I'm like. Yeah, but couldn't you have done something sooner with her? Like, yeah. like I get obviously they didn't know she was gonna pass away so soon, but right. it's like, could you like maybe give her more to do instead of just have her be this piece of scenery that you're propping yeah, up? Yeah, it was really like lame to see her not really have a key role, Ugh. other than just being like Princess Leia, yeah, who's like now a general. And uh, and people were like, and apparently, uh, well. Rose Tico, people really hate that character, which I yeah. don't understand. Like, yeah, she's annoying, but I think, I think there's a lot of undertones of misogyny yeah. and maybe oh, totally. racism why people hate that character. Yeah, because th- I'm like, that's pretty, pretty much confirmed at this point. Yeah, because she is like not nearly as annoying as someone like Jar Jar. No, but people treat her like she is Jar Jar times ten, and right. it's like, what did she do? Like, yeah, yeah. she was annoying in the whole. Not fighting what we hate, saving what we love. Yeah, like yeah, that was stupid, and she could have killed herself in Finn. But right. Like, it's not. I mean, that was people, probably the most big reason I didn't like her. Was that yeah, whole oh, last that was, scene with her was, was just stupid. garbage. I was like, that, that was, was so dumb, stupid. And her hair looked dumb. Yeah. And she was kind of. <laughs> That's my reason for not liking her. I'm not. I I love representation in Star Wars, and yeah. I love that we're getting that nowadays. And I think I'm excited to see it continue to grow, especially with alien species. Like yeah. I want to see, like you said earlier tonight, like I I want to see more of that. Um, yeah. But I, that's like my reason is like if your character is not used well or if your acting is weird, one of the two, like I don't believe you. I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind her acting, but it was that last scene. It was just like it didn't matter. Yeah. So why were you so fucking emotional? Like uh, I just, it just it did not play well. So for me. it was so stupid. Yeah. But the fan reaction was way worse than yeah. what, like and, and, and I think it was such a cowardly thing on Disney's part to uh basically exclude her from anything in episode nine they're like oh well her story was more the the excuse they have is oh this her story was more tied to leia and of course after carrie fisher we couldn't do and it's like you you knew carrie fisher was gone when you were deep in the writings not even deep in the writing stages You, you were like not that far along like like when uh when Finn, Poe, and Ray go off on their own adventure, like you could have just easily stapled her on there. Yeah. Like, but no, they were they were so they were so concerned with the fan response and how uh, how bad it was after Last Jedi that they tried to make a movie that was pleasing, quote unquote, pleasing the fans. Yeah. And ended up pleasing nobody. And I don't know. I just uh, that that. I've come to appreciate Rise of Skywalker just for being a goofy, dumb movie. Yeah. But I, uh, I seriously 
don't like a lot of the things it represents. Mm. No, I I totally feel you. It it does. To me, it's kind of a cop out in senses, but I love the era of everything after the sixth Sixth, movie until the seventh movie. This is like my favorite era right now. So I'm glad that it's getting more exposure in these little series like this is the third season of this era that we get to see yeah well it, it was so previously underexplored yeah because uh i think uh like you had the lucasfilm story group and a lot of people uh who were developing the stories who were on the outside of the quote-unquote bubble yeah uh, Lu- uh disney was like don't pretty much don't touch this era don't do anything with luke don't do anything with these characters because mm-hmm. uh because they wanted to see how the sequel trilogy would go and how these things would pan out. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of didn't touch it for a long time. But now that we're uh, we're post episode nine, they can kind of just do whatever they want with it, which is uh, very nice to see. Because uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of people really wanted to see what was going on in that era. But Disney was so stubborn about it for a long time. Yeah. Because because like I was saying. Because they didn't know how the tr- sequel trilogy was going to pan out and how yeah. different developments were going to be made. So, oh, totally. Well, I mean, why take freedom. a risk if you don't know if it's going to sell? I may, I understand, but I'm just. It sucks that 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 era and the Clone Wars era are like the two eras with the biggest syndicate power in them, and like pirates and like just free yeah. law. So, like, it always was bummed out to me that it was so corporate feeling all the time. Like the universe was just so corporate, yeah. the galaxy or whatever. But. uh now that we're kind of in the like wild west again of Star Wars, I'm mm-hmm. super excited. I think the next couple episodes of Boba are going to be huge. They're going to have to keep up in the ante, man, like yeah. every single time. I remember with The Mandalorian, it was more of a long tail. If yeah. this is only going to be a couple seasons, this is going to be like get the big stuff out now so, and make them like it. You know what I mean? I predict uh, um, the the, the Wookiee is going to go work for... Boba. Boba, yeah, yeah, that that's kind of the vibe. When he uh, let him go in episode three, yeah, I was literally expecting him to turn around and, and be, be like, "Yo," like, and kneel to him or some shit. You, but yeah, but yeah. like, I'm glad that they uh, didn't just immediately go with that. If yeah. I, I hope they do that, but I think it would if, if they do do it. I think it was the smarter move to have him go away and mm-hmm. then potentially come back. Like, yeah, if that's what they end up doing, because it means more for him to leave and then yeah, come and then back and decide it, it. like yeah. mold over. Yeah, that would be like a bigger test of loyalty almost, yeah. you know. And and I'm really excited to, uh, to see Boba riding the Rancor. Yeah. That, that's one thing. Uh, That'd be really cool. I'm yeah. glad that Machete is the, is the, yeah, is the Rancor, like, uh, what do you call it? The Wrangler uh, or whatever. He like wrangles uh, it. Yeah. He, like, I'm trying to think what the, the, I don't know what the, the Keeper, the, that, that, yeah, that I character guess had some sort of name, but I forget, yeah. I forget what it was. I, I, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the word is. Yeah, it's a weird word. I don't know. The... But he was like the guy who like tamer, tamer. Yeah, he like tames it and monitors it and like takes care of it essentially. Yeah, and that was really but, uh, nice uh, that Robert Rodriguez uh, could get that in since yeah. he's a. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he if he directed that episode, but he directed the one in Mandalorian where Boba came back. Yeah, he's uh, pretty much involved with all the Boba yeah. stuff. So it's a uh, it's nice to see him get his a uh, little uh, his little piece in there. Oh like, yeah. Uh, Get like his how, buddy in there, like yeah. hey, you know it's me. Yeah. You know this is a Robert Rodriguez movie when Machete's in it. Oh uh, yeah, that and he was great. he was really good with the role, and uh, he was talking yeah. about the witches at Dathomir, so we should get to hear more about them. Oh that, yeah, that was, was like, a really oh, cool. So fucking cool. I always love when they uh, 
I don't know. Some people, some people don't like it. They're like, oh, it makes the universe feel smaller. I'm like, no, I don't know. So, like, I get what people mean. Like when like the same five characters keep meeting each other over this giant galaxy. But I like yeah. the really the subtle ties and the yeah. connections like between stuff. So it was really cool to see him like, and like Ranker's, uh, uh, they were a huge part of Dathomir and Legends actually. Yeah. Uh, like before, before the witches of Dathomir uh, became what they were in the Clone Wars series, mm-hmm. uh, there was like this uh, this book this book series that I that I liked uh, called the Young Jedi Knights. Oh, cool. it was about uh, it was about uh, Leia and Han's kids. Uh, they were twins, Jason and Jaina, uh, going to Luke's academy on Yavin Four, uh, and the the night sisters of dathomir were involved in that series and rankers were kind of like a big part of their culture too so it's kind of cool to see uh to to see well not only that connection uh to clone wars with the night sisters mm-hmm. but to see uh the call the callback extend even further to be yeah. like oh the rancors are part of this too because i'm pretty yeah. sure you don't see them at all uh in uh dathomir in no. the clone wars but but it's kind of like nice to call that back in yeah and they have a lot of that in this series i'm really excited about it it's gonna be fun i again please give us five episodes that would be so much better uh, so yeah, five more I episodes would, would be amazing i will uh pray to the dothmerian gods <laughs> that we get five more episodes of book of boba fett i think we're gonna do these two or three at a time um so let's watch a couple more new ones in the next com- coming weeks and we'll come back if you're down and do another kind of recap and random chat for sure for sure hell yeah if you guys enjoyed this let us know at sinnation.net s-y-n-nation.net slash t-w-g you can find our merch store there you can find all of our stuff and if you haven't yet go uh, go follow us on twitch at the weekly geekly we stream dead by daylight some mario maker some other stuff be fun to see you down there uh well nick thank you again for having for having me on i really appreciate it uh it's been fun to talk about star wars and to have somebody that's so knowledgeable about star wars uh yeah nick if you want to you could be like our star wars correspondent i come on and talk about star wars whenever you want i would be uh completely okay with that okay because we need somebody (laughs) we had somebody before and they just like kind of didn't they stopped putting effort in and I was like, I get it, man. Life Star Wars happens. is the only thing I put effort into. And you put so, a uh... lot of effort into Star Wars. <laughs> so let's keep talking Star Wars. Let's do another Book of Boba Fett episode. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy this random song. Good night. <laughs>